Hello, I'm Georges Collinet, with you on Afropop Worldwide from PRX. Today, we take you back to an extraordinary festival experience from our archive. In 2004, the Sacred Music Festival in Fez, Morocco, presented its 10th edition. With wars unfolding in Afghanistan and Iraq, it was a tense time, a time when faith, power, and global politics were dangerously intertwined. The Fez Festival has always championed music as a form of healing and reconciliation, and this idea and this festival remain equally relevant today. The opening concert of the 2004 World Sacred Music Festival in Fez, Morocco, and three singers, one Muslim, one Christian, and one Jewish, take the stage. Backed by the children's choir of Fez, they sing a hymn to life. As Aisha Redouane of Morocco passes the lead to Françoise Atlan of France and then to Montserrat Figueras of Spain, the ecumenical vision of this 10-year-old festival comes to life. The performers are bathed in golden light, tiny figures before the dramatic arch of the Bab Makina, a gateway to the ancient city of Fez. Their voices resound within the massive walled amphitheater. Over the next 10 days, the religions of the world will meet in an extensive series of concerts and colloquia held throughout the old city of Fez. The Fez Medina is a honeycomb of houses, mosques, palaces and artisans' workshops, all connected by cobblestone passageways, wide enough only for donkey carts, but no cars to pass. Fez has long been an intellectual, artistic and spiritual center in North Africa. And our two-part series on the World Sacred Music Festival begins with a native of the city, Mohamed Alami, leader of the Malhoun Orchestra of Fez. À propos de Malhoun, le Malhoun c'est un art populaire marocain. C'est un pur art. C'est un art pur marocain. Mohamed Alami says the musical and poetic tradition Malhoun is purely Moroccan. It was born 12 centuries ago in the desert oasis of Tafilalet and came of age in the cities of Marrakech and Fez. Fez was built in the 8th century by the beloved Sufi saint Moulay Idris. Mohamed Alami says that the Malhoun and Fez were born in the same year, and he sings in praise of his city, its palaces, gardens and amazing arts. Here is the Malhoun Orchestra of Fez. 
Sacred Music Festival in Fez, Morocco. Georges Collinet with you. Major support for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Humanities and the National Endowment for the Arts. are mystics who played a big role in bringing Islam to much of the world. Their philosophy, poetry, music and dance drew people to the Islamic faith as surely as any conquering army. There are countless varieties of Sufi authors, 
at the Sacred Music Festival in Fez, we met Sufi artists from Pakistan, Turkey, and all over Morocco. As they perform, Sufis connect directly to God. One of their oldest and most important instruments is the flute. It sounds so close to the breath of life that many consider it an expression of the human soul. We are hearing the beginning of a performance by the whirling dervishes of Konya, Turkey. Maybe you have an image of dervishes, their white robes unfurling like undulating parasols, their arms and bodies graceful and still, even as they turn in endless, fluid cycles. This art goes back to the early days of Sufism, which was inspired by the ideas of the 13th century poet and philosopher Rumi, founder of the Mevlevi order. Dervish. Sami Al-Murats, the dervish group's principal vocalist, says the Mevlevi dervish is a person who has shed everything unnecessary in life. Free of jealousy and all venomous thoughts, the dervish is filled with the light of well-being. In dancing, the dervish is manifesting his knowledge, his ecstasy and his manner of approaching God. Every movement has cosmic meaning, like spinning atoms that revolve around the central mass. The dervish turns around himself and also around his leader. An upturned right hand symbolizes knowledge of the light. The dervish takes that light into his body and passes it to people through his right hand, which he holds downward toward the earth. Sami Al-Murats also told us that the dervish must have a stomach full of stones so that he will know suffering. He must have eyes that are capable of crying to show that his heart is open to others and his movements must be slower than a sheep's so he can endure life's long road. Hmm. As the performance unfolds, the music and movement intensify, driven by the swoon of collective ecstasy.
That's Mohamed Gorfti and his ensemble playing music of the Jebel, a mountainous region south of Tangiers, Morocco. This was a free concert at the Bab Boujloud, just outside of the old city of Fez. Mohamed Gorfti's performance was part of the Festival in the City, a recent addition to the sacred music festivities and an effort to reach out to common folk who can't afford tickets to the main stage concerts. Gorfti is the champion of a regional genre called taktuka. When we met him, the 78-year-old percussionist boasted about his travels, in particular his trip to Iraq in 1988, when he won first prize in a music contest and received, as he put it, a whole lot of money from Saddam Hussein. Ah, the life of the wandering sacred musician. Well, you can read more about the Sacred Music Festival in Fez and see beautiful photographs on our website, afropop.org. Moroccan Sufi music and more coming up as we continue. I'm Georges Collinet, and you're listening to Afropop Worldwide from PRX. Welcome back to our look back at the 10th edition of the Sacred Music Festival in Fez, Morocco, in May of 2004. Yusundur singing Tijaniya from his landmark album, Egypt created with composer Fatih Salama and a 15-piece classical orchestra from Cairo. As we reported in a previous program, Yusu's live debut of Egypt was a highlight of the Sacred Music Festival. For Yusu, it meant a lot to premiere this project in Fez, because the founder of the Tijaniya Sufi order, Sidi Ahmed Tijani, was a native of the city. In Fez, we met musicologist and author Jonathan Shannon, who told us more about Sidi Ahmed Tijani. He's died and buried here in Fez, in his Zawiya, or his, his little mosque, is actually not too far from where we're speaking now. And a whole order developed based on Ahmed Tijani's teachings. The order spread around Morocco, it was extremely important in Algeria and uh, throughout North Africa in the 19th century, it played an important role in the anti-colonial movements in these countries and spread uh, throughout North Africa and into West Africa, so that today we find that pretty much half the population of Senegal is a member of the Tijania order. Jonathan Shannon describes Morocco before the arrival of French colonialists as a jigsaw puzzle of Sufi orders. Each order is called a tariqa, or way, meaning a way of approaching God. In Sunni Islam, Orthodox Islam, you have the Quran, the prophetic traditions, and a group of ulama, or or sheikhs who are responsible for disseminating Islamic learning. There's very little mediation between the individual and God. In North Africa, they have these holy personages that we might call saints, uh, inappropriately taking the Christian term, but the sort of walis or friends of God um, who are thought to be endowed with spiritual blessing or baraka, who have followers who get spiritual blessings through them, through association with this leader, and especially after that person's death. So you have in Moroccan Islam, these Sufi orders, you know, they have their own rituals, they have their own liturgies, song styles and genres and so forth. Uh, in Morocco you have many of them, Tijaniya, you have the, the Hamadsha, the Aysawa, the Jilala. Oh, so 
Late at night, after the main concerts at the Sacred Music Festival have ended, a more intimate gathering takes place in a garden in the old city. The audience sits on colorful cushions and carpets, sipping sweet mint tea. There's no beer in sight, relaxing after a long day of music. The so-called Sufi nights showcase some of the many Sufi orders in Morocco. Sufi nights are not simply performances because the audience, including many locals, often get caught up in the ecstatic flow, singing, clapping and dancing as the music reaches powerful emotional crescendos. When that happens, the musicians know they have brought about the collective state of spiritual joy they call Hal. This is the local fest group called Tarika Jilalia, members of the Jilala Sufi order that Jonathan Shannon spoke about. The key to the Jilala path of worship is a wooden and blown flute. We sat down with the group after their performance and they told us that not just anybody can play this instrument. They are saying, you can't learn this. Either you have it or you don't. Playing the flute is remembering God. Where speech cannot reach, the flute can. Like much Sufi music in Morocco, the sound of the Jilala flute has the power to heal the sick. I mean, this is deep stuff. A 70-something flute player in the group shared with us the spine-tingling tale of how he came to the order of Jilala. When I was 19 years old, I was standing by a river, Fez, and a young girl appeared to me. She was speaking a language I thought was French, but then I looked at her feet and I saw she was not human. At that point I was touched and the flute came to me. I didn't learn it. It was given to me. The girl disappeared into the river and I thought she might be a siren, so I didn't dare follow her. Three months later I became sick and went into a trance and that led to my first experience with the Jilala. Hmm, that's quite a story. This guy also told us that when he came to the city, playing the songs he had learned during his vision, he found other Jilala musicians playing those very same songs. Here is Tarika Jilalia in a special after-hours performance for Afropop Worldwide.
Hisham Gnawa from Fez, Morocco. Like the Jilala musicians we heard just before, the Gnawa are also musical healers, and we will have much more to say about them in next week's show. 
We'll visit a house blessing party, a lila, set in a fabulously restored Andalusian palace deep in the heart of the Fez Medina. As we'll see, the Gnawa have a special place in Morocco's spiritual jigsaw puzzle. Coming up, the Sacred Music Festival takes us to Pakistan and the Sufi art of Kawali. That's a Sufi song sung by Mer Ali and Sher Ali of Pakistan. These two brothers are fifth-generation descendants of court musicians to the Maharajas during the years of British colonialism. A younger member of the Ali family group also joined them when we got together the morning after their concert in Fez. I tell you, it was good of these guys to see us, especially after the marathon of joy they put on the night before. While a big moon crested the sky above the towering turrets of the Bab Makina, the music was non-stop for over two hours. The Ali brothers and their group, or party, have performed at the Fez festival in the past. And as Sufis, they find much common ground with people and artists in Morocco. When we talk about Sufism, says Mer Ali, the language is different, but the word and the message are the same. To propagate love, fraternity and brotherhood among people. Islam is a message of love. It was spread to the subcontinent by love. Here's Mer Ali and Sher Ali performing with their group at the 2004 World Sacred Music Festival in Fez.
Wow, this is powerful music. From Pakistan, the ecstatic sound of Mer Ali and Sher Ali, performing at the 2004 World Sacred Music Festival in Fez. We leave you with the lustrous voice of Morocco's own, Muna Assad. We hope you've enjoyed our look back at the Sacred Music Festival in Fez. And by the way, the festival recently wrapped up its 27th edition and organizers are already planning the 2024 edition for next May. Funding for Afropop Worldwide comes from the National Endowment for the Arts, which believes a great nation deserves great art, and from PRX affiliate stations around the U.S. And thank you for supporting your public radio station. Additional support for Afropop Worldwide comes from Womex, the showcase, seminar, and marketplace for world and roots music, October 25th to the 29th in Galicia, Spain. More info at womex.com. My Afropop partners are Sean Barlow and Banning Air. They produce our program for world music productions, research, and production for this program by Banning Air. You can also find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at AfropopWW. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast, including radio programs and season eight of our Afropop Close-Up podcast series. Join us next week for another edition of Afropop Worldwide. Our chief audio engineer is Michael Jones. This program was mixed at Studio 44 in Brooklyn by Michael Jones. Banning Air and C.C. Smith edit our website, afropop.org. Our director of new media is Mukwe Wabeish-Siolwe. And I'm Georges Collinet.